Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Luke John Louis, uh, the host of the Deep Voiceman Show. And I want to thank everyone for joining us today. Uh, we have a special treat in store for us. Uh, our guest is Charles J. Reed. And Charles is a uh, certified public accountant and a U.S. tax court practitioner. Uh, in fact, he's one of a couple hundred people who has this distinction where he can actually represent people in tax court without being an attorney uh, himself. And so that's amazing. And he was uh, a member of the IRS Advisory Council, and he is the founder of Get Payroll. And Charles is an accomplished uh, senior executive and entrepreneur with more than 50 years of financial leadership experience in a broad range of industries and the author of four books. His latest book, The Payroll Book, A Guide for Small Businesses and Startups, is currently number 25. And the small business book section on Amazon. And Mr. Reed's companies have provided full-service payroll services, payroll tax services, and other payroll-related services since 91. And he's a decorated U.S. Marine Corporal Sergeant and a combat veteran who served in Vietnam. And uh, we're all very thankful for his service. And uh, he's written several e-books about starting a small business and and also in in regards to uh, accounting and payroll. And uh, he's written numerous articles and blogs, so we're very happy to have him here. He's a very busy man, and he was able to carve out some time in his packed schedule to sit down and have a chat with us. So we are all very fortunate and blessed. So thank you so much, Charles, for coming on as a guest. And um, I guess to get started, I, we would love to know your, your background and, and how you first gravitated uh, towards doing what you do today. Sure, Luke. It's First of all, it's a pleasure to be with you and your audience. Um, well, you know, when I graduated from high school, I joined the United States Marine Corps. I spent mm-hmm. four years in service, uh, two years overseas, including combat. Uh, when I came mm-hmm. back, I met and married my wife, who had five children when I married her. Uh, mm-hmm. I, claim insani- I claim insanity for that. Uh, but <laughs> we, were mar- we were married for 45 years until she passed. So it worked. Oh, wow. Uh, uh-huh. realizing, that I, I, uh, realizing I needed a degree... Uh, I, to because so many people at that point in time didn't understand military skills. Um, I went mm. and got my degrees from uh, University of North Texas, my BBA, my MBA, sat for and passed my exam, mm-hmm. my, my CPA exam while I was still in college, went to work for Texas Instruments, mm-hmm. uh, worked in major corporations mm. for uh, 15 years or so, um, and mm-hmm. realized I was never going to run a, a big corporation. I didn't have the political skills. I'm unwilling to stab people mm-hmm. in the back and throw mm-hmm. them off the ladder. So I oh, figured wow. if I'm going to run, if I'm going to run a company, I'm going to have to have my own. So Ruth, my right, wife, right, and right. I, uh, we started that company in '91, uh, and mm-hmm. we've been going ever since. Uh, I sold off the accounting practice portion to my partner, who mm. still offices in my building, here about 10 years ago, mm. and concentrated on payroll, which I love, and uh, mm. just having a blast. Wow. That's amazing. That's an amazing story. Thank you for sharing it. And I want to also thank you for your service to this country. Um, we rely on uh, men in uniform to help protect us and yep. whatnot. And so thank you so much for that. And the sacrifices folks like yourself make is just something that I can't even beyond my comprehension. Um, so thank you so much for your service. And it's interesting how when you came back that you, you mentioned that people didn't um, 
I guess, didn't have an appreciation for the skills that you developed in the military. So you had to go out and get a degree. You got your MBA, which is amazing. And so, uh, and so, you know, you did something about it and you didn't, you know, bitch and moan about it. You went to work and decided this is what I have to do and this is what you're going to do. And that's amazing. And, you know, they say life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond. And mm-hmm. you're living proof of that. <laughs> um, and you know how to respond very well, I would say. And so it, uh, it's interesting how you, you went to work and um, obviously you were working in corporate America, perhaps in like the environment there. So you decided to actually go from being an employee to an entrepreneur, which is amazing. And I think there's so many people like that who are working jobs, particularly stuck in corporate America, and they may be miserable, but they're not willing to make that leap like you did. Um, and I commend you for it. <laughs> you know, it's you started. Tough, it's a tough story. leap. Yeah. It's, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. I was at a, um, I was on a panel. I was, I was on a panel not too long ago and they, they asked me about work-life balance for an entrepreneur and I just cracked up. Uh, <laughs> I, there, there, there is no work-life balance. It's all work. And hopefully you marry a woman uh, or a spouse that understands that and will put up with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing that you had a wife who was so supportive of your dreams and what you wanted to do. Yes. And, and yes. you were raising five children. Uh, yes. <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know how that's possible to be honest with you. You must be a magician or a wizard of some kind um, to, to run a small, start a small business and <laughs> to be raising kids. I'm sure she I think a lot with that. She, she was, she was wonderful. Uh, I miss her terribly. But I think it was for me, it was more survival than than actually being able to run, you know, run my life and my family and my business. I survived it. <laughs> <laughs> when survive you did, so that's amazing uh, and that's incredible. So you're an inspiration to me, of course, and an inspiration to many in the audience, I'm sure. Um, so thank you again for sharing your story. Obviously, you know a lot about entrepreneurship and, and small business and how to run a small business, how to start one and the importance of, you know, maintaining good books and payroll and accounting. Um, so you've been doing this for a while now and having a lot of success with it. Of course, I'm curious, um, how would you describe the current state of affairs um, when it comes to small business entrepreneur, entrepreneurship and obviously payroll and accounting and whatnot. And what challenges has the pandemic posed? Sure. Well, payroll is in flux. Now, people don't realize it, but 70% of all federal revenue comes through the payroll function. Withholding, employment taxes, tax withholding, all this stuff, 70% of all federal revenue flows through Mm. payroll. Okay? Mm. So it's constantly in flux. Congress Mm. is constantly changing it. Not Mm. only are they changing payroll laws and regulations, but they mm-hmm. change other laws, which then have to be enforced through payroll. Mm-hmm. Much of the COVID legislation went through payroll. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, time off, unemployment, which has to be tracked, and and so on. Uh, and mm-hmm. and in many cases, employers were paying people to stay home and getting mm-hmm. credits for that, which went right. through the payroll system and the payroll taxes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Wow. Uh, the, the whole emergency leave credits, that all flowed through the 941. The, wow. the, the President Trump's FICA suspension late last year, that goes yeah. through payroll, as does the repayment of that. So wow. payroll 
has been in flux really for the last 12 years, and mm. it's not quieting down. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it's and and the laws are continuing to be changed, obviously with the current administration, and they I guess they're passing some relief bill, and I'm sure has some changes for the payroll in it as yep. well. And so you guys have to stay on top of your game in terms of the changing laws and. And um, and you guys play a critical role in the process because obviously, as you, from what you just described, seventy um, percent of the federal revenue. So that means that, that the payroll um, that that plays an integral role um, in in keeping American society functioning. Uh, Can you imagine, Luke, say. if if there yes. was no withholding? Yeah. How many people yeah. at the on April fifteenth would be willing to or able to write a check? For everything yeah. that should have been withheld and their social security. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the economy, the country, the government would collapse. Yeah. Immediately. <laughs> I would imagine. Yep. I would imagine. And you know, it, it, it's interesting because obviously um, because of the pandemic, a lot of people weren't working and received um, unemployment insurance. Right. And right. Apparently, uh, a lot of the unemployment insurance people received, the taxes were not withheld. Um, so I think they're going to have a big problem because a lot of people spent all the money they got from unemployment insurance. The, the, right. there's, a huge, there's a huge problem out there. there there's not yeah. only the problem of people being out of work and running out of unemployment, but all that yeah. unemployment on the state level has to be paid back by the employers in the future. Right. Okay? So rates are going up. Here in Texas... We don't know what our unemployment rate is for this year. They're not wow. going to announce it until June. Wow. <laughs> so wow. we're doing payrolls for people, and they don't know what their cost is today. Wow. wow. They have no idea how much they actually owe because the government hasn't said, this is what the rate's going to be. Rates have gone hmm. up in New Hampshire. The, the, the base rate for unemployment went up 500%. Wow. So wow. everything's changing, and it's not going to slow down. <laughs> wow, wow. Yeah, I mean, it must be a big mess. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. Obviously, we're going through an unprecedented um, calamity, of course, and yeah. the government obviously has to get its act together. But what's going to happen with all when the taxes come due? Uh, obviously, April fifteenth is, is coming up. Uh, we're we're doing we're doing this interview in in March. I think it's early March, and next month. <laughs> Is April fifteenth, yeah. right? Yeah. So, what, what what do you predict is going to happen? Are they going to let people not pay taxes on the unemployment insurance that they've been collecting, or uh, not, that can't happen because obviously the revenue you're going to have a huge revenue shortfall. So, do you know what's going to happen, or no? I, if if I knew what was going to happen, <laughs> I, I'd be betting on the market and I'd be rich. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, uh, there's going to be a, some major problems. Now, in Texas, they've already delayed the filing date because of the, the winter storm we had and the power outage and yeah. so on. Yeah. I suspect yeah. that we're going to find a number of states, if not the entire country, is going to be delayed like it was last year. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. unfair to do Texas and not New Jersey, but, you know, that I, so I yeah. expect everything is going to get delayed. And, yeah, yeah, there's going to be a lot of people that owe and aren't able to yeah. pay it because unemployment is taxable at the moment. That may yeah. change between now and you know, when Congress gets their act together, who knows what what will change? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. The, 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 our congressmen pass things that sound good. Yeah. 
and then the IRS and us have to yeah. figure out how to make it work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. Well, you know, um, obviously, uh, you know, it, there's an old joke someone told me, you know, uh, what's the opposite of pro? You know, you probably know what it is, right? The opposite of pro, it's amateur, con. Con, con yeah. Con. Yeah, so, okay. You, yeah, and so, um, so the opposite of pro is con. So what's the opposite of progress? <laughs> Congress. <laughs> I like, I'm going to use that one. Thank you. You have to use it. You have to. I stole it from someone else. You guys steal it from me. And uh, I'm going to use it. I'm going to, I'm going to do another one actually. Uh, then we're going to get back to it. Uh, you know how uh, the word, uh, you know, ticks are like blood-sucking creatures, right? You know, ticks, right. little insects or whatever. And you know the prefix poly means many, right? Like right. polymath, poly, yes. you know. What. So um, politics. <laughs> A bunch of blood-suckers, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there you go. Um, and I think people on both the left and the right, uh, no matter what side of the political spectrum you fall on, they would find this kind of thing uh, amusing. Um, here in New York, we have a governor that's going through some um, some issues, and it's just crazy. Um, so I think know, he's I uh, think he's going down the drain, isn't he? Oh yeah, he is. Yeah, I, I don't see where I, where it ends for him is probably not good. Um, so it, yeah, with uh, Cuomo, Governor Cuomo, is who we're talking about, but. Uh, he'll, he'll get a spot at CBS or NBC or MSNBC. He'll be fine. He probably, I'm sure, or he could be a lobbyist. Uh, I guess his his future's still bright. Probably not in politics, but he can go another route. But uh, <laughs> the other thing is, uh, so obviously, we're currently things are sort of like a big mess um, in regards to payroll, and payroll's so important. The government's got to get its act together. Um, I'm curious though, where do you? Obviously, you said you couldn't. You're not good at predicting the future. My next question was going to be, where do you see things in the future in the post-pandemic world when this thing goes away for the most part? Uh, hopefully well, sooner rather than later. Yeah, it's, it's not going to change for the next few years. Uh, yeah. Unemployment rates are going to go through the roof. Uh, unemployment repayment is going to be harsh uh, for yeah. all the companies involved. Uh, yeah. The whole FMLA thing is, is still uh, up in the air. Uh, you know, minimum wage, uh, which is going up wherever it's allowed in, in, in um, you know, democratic-controlled yeah. uh, communities and states. Yeah. Uh, I get notices almost every day on changes of, of labor posters and minimum wages yeah. around the country. Yeah. Uh, mm. Medicaid, Medicare, uh, unemployment taxes, uh, right. withholding changes. The, everything is changing and will continue to change, particularly with the new administration. Uh, you right. now have a Democratic-controlled Congress who mm. truly believes in social engineering uh, mm. using money. And mm. 70% of the federal revenue runs through payroll. So yeah. Yeah. if they want to change money, that's where it's going <laughs> to run. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, I, I totally see where you're coming from. And obviously we're going to still be stuck in this situation for the next couple of years. I'm concerned Minimum. myself because, yeah, um, you know, I, because personally I actually decided to pay my taxes early 
and that was a dumb decision. Um, you could slap me over the head for that. But now if they delay taxes or if they, you know, if they do something with it, now I'm wondering the taxes that I pay, can I get that money back? Or if, they're, if they do, you know, if they make some kind of change, I don't know what will happen. Um, I should have held off, but... Taxes aren't going to go down. So they're going to keep everything you, you sent them. Um, overpayments are not a big priority with the Internal Revenue Service. Okay. Underpayments are. So yeah. getting money back from them sometimes uh, can be very difficult. Oh, really? Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like insurance premiums. I mean, you know, the insurance companies love to get the premiums. They hate to pay the claims. Well, the yeah. IRS loves to collect money. They hate to send checks. <laughs> yeah. So I may have overpaid. I don't know yet. We'll see how it goes. But I may the overpayment I made, I may not get that back, or it's going to be very Well, you, you'll, you'll either get it as a credit against next year, or you'll get it back sometime later in the year. Oh, okay. that's not to, impossible. You know, it's not impossible, but it will take time. I have returns I that were filed uh, middle of last year that have not been processed yet. Oh, okay. Uh, when I last talked to the deputy director uh, of the, uh, the deputy commissioner of the IRS, Sunita Lowe, in yeah. November, uh, yeah. they were down from 15 million pieces of unopened mail to 3 million pieces of unopened mail. Okay. All right. So That's progress. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. progress, but uh, they haven't opened it all yet, and it, it may be it, it, the IRS will not catch up this year. Okay. They may not catch up next year. Forty percent of their people oh, wow. are eligible for retirement in the next two years. Oh, my God. Wow. They don't have the budget. They don't have the training budget. They don't have the people. They're low on headcount. Their technology is old and obsolete in many cases, some of it running yeah. back to the 1960s. Oh, my God. It's a disaster. <laughs> wow. Wow. I know. I've been up there with them for the last three years on the IRS Advisory right. Council. Right. They're working on it, but right. my God, without some huge increase in budget, which they're probably not going to get, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a yeah. mess for the it's foreseeable future. Wow, wow. And well, thank you for the advice. Obviously, I, so I, apparently I'll get my overpayment money back, perhaps, but I have to wait maybe a year to two years. And so I just had to. It, it, you, if, if, at the worst, next year you take what uh, the overpayment is, and you take it off of what you owe for next year. That's okay. the worst that'll that happen. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's even good. That's, that, I'm fine <sighs> with that. Um, so um, thank you so much for all that you've shared and, and for the tax advice or, or wisdom that you've given me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I guess the long story short, it's, it's, a, it's a big effing mess, and uh, I, I think everyone totally understands that. I'm, I'm curious, though. Obviously, you help a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners and in, when it comes to payroll services. And you know, as people can clearly see and hear, that you are very knowledgeable on this subject. Um, so clearly, there are a lot of people who are knowledgeable on this subject. Uh, but what makes you stand out as someone that a business owner should listen to and, and pay money for, for advice and whatnot, or to utilize your services? Uh, what is your, I suppose, competitive advantage and, and whatnot? In the payroll business, we are compliance experts. Mm. We can deal with things that most of our competitors can't. First of mm. all, I'm a CPA. I take a Form 2848, Limited Power of Attorney, mm. it's an IRS form, mm -hmm. from every one of my clients. It allows me to 
advocate for my clients. Mm. Fiscal year 19, the IRS issued $13 billion Mm. of employment tax penalties. Wow. $13 billion. (laughs) Wow. About $7 billion were abated by people like me that know what they're doing. Wow. Okay. Uh, The IRS makes millions of mistakes every year. Hmm. Now, I'll give a tip to your listeners. This is something that they won't know. Hmm. You cannot be penalized by the IRS for a simple mistake. Okay. You have Hmm. to have committed gross negligence. Hmm. But Hmm. guess who defines what's a simple mistake and what's gross negligence? The IRS. The, the IRS. Thank you very much. Okay? So there are lots of court cases and lots of rules, and in many cases, even if my client makes a mistake, I can get penalties abated by proving to the IRS that this is a simple mistake. And mm. since I'm a U.S. tax court practitioner, mm. uh, though employment taxes are not technically uh, in the purview of the tax court, the Mm. abuse of discretion by the Internal Revenue Service is. Mm. So if they abuse their discretion in not abating a penalty, I can file a petition with the U.S. Tax Court for 60 bucks, and 95% of all U.S. Tax Court cases are settled before court. Okay. I have yet to lose one. Okay? Wow. I will one day, there's no doubt, but I haven't, I haven't yet. That's why I became okay. a U.S. Tax Court practitioner. So mm. we're experts in dealing with the IRS and the states mm. and the local mm. authorities. We're professionals. Right. We know how to do it. Right. And we don't get upset right. with the IRS, or at least we don't let them know. My, mm. my, staff, my staff cracks up sometimes. I had a, mm. a, a call with a... Uh, a agent in New York on a case. And she and I spent almost half an hour mostly talking about grandkids. (laughs) Okay? And at the end of that, we got down to business. Mm. Now, don't you think after the end of that half hour, she was far more likely to use her discretion in my favor as opposed to against me? Right. So right. this is why I don't let my clients talk to the IRS whenever possible, because mm. they get upset. It's their money. It's their pocketbook. They think they're getting mm. raped and screwed over. I have to agree right. with them. But mm. screaming at the IRS doesn't help. <laughs> yeah. No, that is a bad mistake. That... It's a bad mistake. Now, occasionally, <laughs> I, get, I get an asshole at the service, okay, right. pure and simple. I hang up, and I call back, and I get somebody else. Okay. So... But those are the kind of things that we can do because we have the experience. Mm. I had a case, took nine years to solve. It was a $95,000 penalty. And Mm. I worked up the ladder, and I finally got to the one place I needed to get, which is above the regional, and uh, he wouldn't call me back. So I I called the deputy chief of appeals because I have the TO for the IRS, table organization. Right. I called her mm. and said, hey, I've got this problem, and so-and-so won't return my call after a year. She says, right. I'll have him call you, Charles. Hmm. He called me that afternoon. 
three months later, my client's $95,000 penalty turned into a $400 refund. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. That's what we can do that most of our competitors can't. If you talk to the major, major payroll companies and you say, I need a CPA, they'll tell you to talk to your own. Well, if your own CPA wow. understood payroll, he'd be doing it. Okay? <laughs> right. Yeah. So we are almost unique in the industry in the level of compliance mm-hmm. we can provide for our clients. I don't know of anybody mm-hmm. actually that can match what we do. I wow. Mean, that's what a CPA – MBA, U.S. Tax Court Practitioner, IRS mm. Advisory Council, all these things mm. give, and 30 years of experience, give me yeah. the ability to do things that most of our competitors can't do. We're, we're, we're insurance for your payroll. Mm. Like you have insurance for wow. your house and your car, maybe your life. Right. Right. If something goes wrong, we're there. Nothing may mm. ever go wrong. There may never be a right. problem. Forty percent of small businesses are penalized every year. Wow. And the average penalty is eight hundred dollars. Hmm. That's average. And sometimes they're wow. huge. Okay? And very frankly, if I get in a five dollar penalty for a client, I just send the five dollars hmm. to the IRS. It's not worth writing the letter. <laughs> okay? Yeah. yeah it's I not worth that. fighting. But so <laughs> most small businesses will get penalized. Okay. Of course. Yeah. They will get penalized. If you haven't had it this year or last year, next year's your turn. So mm. when it happens, for no extra fee, yeah. we take on these, these problems and advocate for our clients. That's what wow. makes us unique. Wow. That's amazing. That's simply amazing. And, th- and you know, it, it, you guys are like an insurance. That's a, that's a great way to frame it yep. um, when this happens. And obviously – I guess it's a matter of when, not if, for a lot of small businesses. Um, it is. Yeah. You said 40% and 40% every year. Yep. Wow. And, and clearly you guys have the experience, you have the, you, uh, the knowledge, and uh, you have the leverage and the clout. You know, you're a CPA, you're a, a U.S. Um, tax court practitioner, and so I, I can see why you guys are so unique. And, and, you, know, you, you, and you know how to – to communicate, you know, you know how to build up rapport to, to sort of get people to do what you want. And, you know, it reminds me of that book, Influenced by Cialdini. I don't know if you've ever read it. Um, I have it on my desk. Oh, you do? Okay. I <laughs> yes. knew you would have that book. Yes. <laughs> <And> <laughs> it's fabulous. It's a fabulous yes. book. Yes. And everyone should read it. Um, not, yes. not only just people in business and sales, but everyone. So, um, you know, so it's important to build up that rapport and be likable because that's how you influence people. You know, if they don't like you, they're not going to do anything for you, you know, and so it's so critical. And so obviously um, you were able to settle this matter, and it took nine years in that, in that particular instance. Um, nine years? And, wow, and you stayed on it, um, and you had the patience and persistence for it. And you were able to turn what was a 95, if I heard you correctly, a $95,000 uh, red mark <laughs> into something that was uh, four hundred thousand. If uh, four hundred dollar yeah. refund. Wow, wow. So huh. you know, wow. That that, that the, the, that's an extreme example. I'm, I'm not going to argue, but <laughs> right. we we abate penalties all the time. Get them abated 
for our clients all the time because we work at it. I mean, right. a lot of these are IRS mistakes. Yes. Yeah. But if you don't know how to fix them, I'll, I'll tell right. you the, the analogy I used. I used. Right. When I grew up, the best soccer player in the world was Pele, right. a Brazilian. I don't know who it is today. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But Pele was a fabulous athlete, mm-hmm. a wonderful soccer player. But if mm. you put him in a New York Yankees uniform and stuck him at second base, <laughs> he'd be absolutely lost. Right. Okay? So my yeah. clients are very good at their businesses. Mm. But mm. they're Pele at second base in Yankee Stadium when it comes to dealing with the IRS. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're great I, business I, I, people. I, I, they know their business. Right. They know their work. They know their company. Yeah. They know their industry right. and their market. But they yeah. don't know the IRS. We do. <laughs> we do. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and that's amazing. And you and you guys have an excellent track record. Uh, you said yep. before it's ninety five percent, and you've been, you've yet to lose. Um, and so that's amazing. And I guess no other firm could tout that kind of track record. Um, Not that I know of. Uh, right. Most of them, and, most of them cannot take you to tax court. Okay. Mm. Not that they mm. wouldn't. They can't. They don't have right. the qualifications. They either need a U.S. tax court practitioner or an attorney, mm. okay? And most of these payroll companies won't let you talk to their attorneys. They're too business working on their own problems. Yeah. They, they don't let you talk to attorneys or CPAs. They have them on staff for their own business, but they right. don't make them available to clients. Yeah. Wow. And, and it's interesting uh, how um, you mentioned the figure $13 billion. Um, yep. That's thirteen with a B. <laughs> that's thirteen with a B uh, for tax penalties. Uh, is that that's employment? How much employment tax penalties. That's how much they issued. They collected right. just under half. Okay. Okay. Because you know, we got them, we, a lot of us, you know, people like me, got them yeah. abated. Right. And and our that's clients could get them abated if they knew what they were doing, or if they hired a tax attorney. But the tax yeah. attorney, you know, you go to a tax attorney and you tell him a problem, he's going, yeah, okay, write me a check for $5,000 and I'll start looking into it. Wow. Huh. I mean, that's, that's, their, that's their going to be their, their, their upfront fee or more. Mm. So for us, it's included in the service. Wow. That's amazing. And, you know, and it, it seems like a racket to me because, um, and, and I guess people aren't surprised that <laughs> the IRS may be un- unethical. <laughs> like, think about it. They get to decide what is a mistake. And so, I, it, it, I don't know. It just seems fishy to me. And, you know, it, it, uh, <laughs> I guess uh, maybe perhaps you don't want to comment on that. I understand. But um, I have to deal with them every day. So, <laughs> but. Yeah, I, 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 I understand your I understand your feeling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> I'm just thinking. Uh, uh, obviously, there are people who talk about abolishing the IRS, and I'm sure you. I don't know if you. you I'm guessing maybe part of you agrees with that. Is that a good idea uh, to abolish no. the IRS? No, I mean, we we we, we have to have a revenue collection device to run the government. I mean, we need borders, we need military, we need other mm. things that go on, FBI, mm. uh, Treasury yeah. Department. You know, there, there's now, 
there's, there are lots of parts of the government that I think we could do without? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Right. In, in Texas, everything gets, every agency gets sunsetted every 10 years and has to be reauthorized. Wow. I would love to see that at the federal level. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because I think there's a lot of things that were were passed for some good reason at some point in time and have long outlived their usefulness, but yeah, they they don't let they don't let me go in and start you know crossing (laughs) things out. Yeah, I I, so I I I, I do write my congressman. (laughs) Oh, good, good for you, and a lot more people should do that. And but it's great what you do. I mean, you know, you're like an angel to a lot of these businesses. You help them save money, earn money in, in many cases, and you you know you you must be like again like an angel a god sent to them and in terms of what you offer what's included uh in what you offer in comparison and beyond, to what be, else is there. beyond yeah. beyond that we can help them not get into problems mm. we can help them properly classify their people the us mm. department of labor says that 70% of businesses in the country misclassify people Either wow. as hourly versus uh, is, is uh, excuse me either subject to or not subject to overtime or versus yeah. employee versus independent contractor. Seventy percent right. of all businesses make mistakes, and those can right. be very expensive. Okay, right. So right. we can help them keep out of that. We can make sure their taxes are done right on time. That they follow mm. the law. That they understand mm. it. That their child mm. support gets paid. Uh, and mm. all these other things. So we are both proactive and, and reactive. We're proactive wherever we can be, and then mm-hmm. if things fail, the IRS makes a mistake, we can be reactive. Wow, that's amazing to be proactive and reactive. And, and obviously this is something that almost every business can use because obviously every business by law has to pay taxes to perhaps payroll if they have employees. So I, yep. I, I if they have an employee, they they have to have payroll. Yeah, yeah, and you know, so I guess and there's millions of small businesses out there, and so yep. and then there's also more being created. So I'm guessing you're in the right business, so to speak. Um, <laughs> we think so. <laughs> yeah, in terms of you, you clients, you know, you have new clients that you can potentially have that are created every day because so yep. many people create small businesses, and so that's amazing, um, and so. And, and obviously you're one of the best at what you do, if not the best. Um, so uh, thank you so much for that. I've learned so much new information from you. Um, and thank you so much for sharing that uh, your wisdom and, 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 ob- and obviously telling us what you and your firm does. Um, and if I were to run a small business, I would look to you and utilize your services. Um, you know, so thank you again. So I'm, I'm curious. Now, obviously you've helped a lot of folks. you probably helped save businesses from going broke or bankrupt, I'm sure, um, mm-hmm. in, in terms of fixing their issues. So you've helped many uh, an entrepreneur, because so many entrepreneurs know how to do their business, whatever their business is about or focused on, but they, don't under, they didn't go to – they're not a CPA. They didn't study accounting right. or the tax code. They know nothing about it. And so I'm curious, um, can you tell us uh, some of the most moving or entertaining stories from your life or career? Well, I, I've told you some, but there's there's a couple others that that come to mind. And you know, we're talking about problems that with the government. For instance, mm. state of Mississippi sent a letter to one of our clients saying that they hadn't f- 
paid all these taxes. And, of course, yeah. the client called us and said, hey, you're supposed to pay these. And he said, send us the letter. Let me take a look at it. They sent right. us the letter. We went into our file and found all the checks. They'd all been cashed. Okay? We called the state <laughs> yeah. of Mississippi, yeah. and we sent them copies of them. Right. Three of them were in suspense. Several had been applied to other companies, and they said, well, we couldn't identify what they, who they were supposed to go to. Mm. On the face of the check, lists yeah. the state, the period, the tax number, and the amount mm. on the check. If mm. they had looked at the check, <laughs> yeah. they had all the information to apply it properly. <laughs> right. Okay? That's just yeah. insane. You know, that's our yeah. government at work. Right. And here's one we did. <clears throat> a CDP hearing, a collection due process hearing, is a, a hearing right. that you can request uh, in the process of a collection of, uh, operation. And the thing a CDP hearing does is it stops all collection efforts. Mm. The IRS is required to stop all collection efforts until the hearing. Well, right. we had a client that was fighting, and uh, we were fighting for our client, an IRS mistake. Mm. And it got more serious, so we filed for a CDP hearing. Mm. And after we got that, and we filed for it, and we got the authorization on it, and a week later, they seized mm. my client's bank account. Wow. So I called the agent that had done this, and I said, hey, we filed a CDP, yeah. you can't do this. And he says, right. well, can you prove you filed a, for a CDP hearing? And I said, oh, yeah, I can. And he said, well, how can you do that? And I said, well, I have the letter from the IRS saying they have received it and are going to set it for a hearing. Yeah. He went, oh, can you fax that to me? <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> The, the client got the money back. The, I, I faxed it. The client got his money back the next day. Wow. That's, <laughs> that's the fastest I've ever seen the IRS give money back under any circumstances. Wow. wow. Because it was an that's absolute amazing. violation of their own rules. Right. Wow. They were negligent. That's amazing. Grossly negligent. Wow. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, and you were able, you, you saved the day for this guy. You must have been, he must have viewed you like a superhero. I'm <laughs> you know? Well, he was a little, he was a little ticked because they, they seized his money. He was happy to yeah. get it back. And, yeah, you know, sure. I can't make the IRS do a lot of things, but I can usually make them follow their own rules. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> wow. Wow. And it, it, it's interesting because the whole process seems kind of intimidating to me. It seems like a lot of bureaucracy and, red tape and but you're, you're the master of that and you know how to figure that out for entrepreneurs because like you, you mentioned the whole the Pele analogy it's sort of like Michael Jordan playing baseball he was a great basketball player but he played baseball wasn't that great so to speak yeah and <laughs> so you know to use a real life example and, and obviously you know what you do for entrepreneurs I think is nothing short of amazing and miraculous in many cases uh, it's almost like magic, I guess, for I think a lot of business owners, you see what you could do for them. And um, so 
uh, it's interesting because collections is scary. Um, obviously, I, you hear stories about you know bank levies and um, you know the IRS coming in and just seizing money from people's accounts and or garnish garnishing wages. Um, so I, I was in I, I was in the IRS office one time, and I yeah. had this in, in the next cubicle. They had a guy they were yeah. trying to collect from, money from, and they told yeah. him he needed to go down and pawn his gold tooth. Oh wow! To pay them. Wow. They literally really? can take the shirt off your back. Wow. And sell it. Wow. Hmm. I'm curious. Collections people at the IRS, IRS are. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. You go ahead. Um, you should speak. I, I was uh, just saying the IRS collection people are not good. Are are not friendly people. <laughs> They're like collection wow. agents anywhere. Their job wow. is to collect. Oh, right. Okay. So that's typical then of collecting yeah. people. And I'm curious where do they where do they get these people? And I, I guess the same places where every uh, the collections people collections other collection agencies get them. Um, I don't yep. know, but from that same place. <laughs> Host, yeah. Hostile, mean, small-minded, bitter people. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Where do they? They must go to some insane asylum and like tell, give, and say, "Give us the meanest guy you got, and we'll give him a job." PRS and I don't know. Um, you know, it's uh, really that's quite vicious. And you know, I'm I'm curious. Do you think the IRS should be reined in, or or it, I guess there's nothing. You know, you don't believe in abolishing the IRS, obviously, but do you think there, there there's some changes to be made to this kind of well, thing? Or? About ten years ago, they passed the whole thing to make for a kindler and gentler IRS. They did. But huh. Congress passed passed laws about that. Yeah. And it had absolutely no effect. Hmm. So, wow. no, we're not going to uh, – do I think that the IRS should be more reasonable? Yeah. Hmm. But hmm. they also <laughs> have course. a real tough job. They're collecting most of the money for the federal government, and there are a lot of tax cheats out there. Okay. And so they need to be treated harshly because they're they're felons. They're violating the right. law. Okay. Right. I have I have no I have little sympathy. I have some sympathy for them when they get caught in I can't pay it. Yeah. But when they deliberately file fraudulently returns, hide things, pay people under the table, lie, mm. cheat, and steal, mm. I don't yeah. have any problem with the IRS going after those people. People who can't pay, people who get run out of their unemployment and don't know what to do and can't pay their taxes, yeah. they, there, should be, there should be some sympathy for them, and there should be some ways to work this out. And in some cases right. there are. But you've got right. to know how to approach the IRS about how to do this because mm. their collections people won't tell you how to avoid it. Mm. Of course. Um, their job is to collect. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, yeah, I, I, I think any, everyone and anyone would have sympathy for people, particularly now, who had to use yep. all the unemployment insurance for sur- basic survival, and they may not have enough left to pay the taxes. Um, yep. Uh, and, and sometimes it makes me wonder that I think automatically all unemployment insurance should have taxes withdrawn, because um, it makes it easier, right, I would imagine. You were saying if before. They're, if, if they're going to tax it, they ought to withhold on it. I agree. But you've got people that are suffering that need every dollar they can get. So right. taking some of it back, why is it taxable to start with? Right. 
That's a good question. Why? <laughs> because the government taxes every source of revenue they can get their hands on. <laughs> yeah. 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 But is unemployment insurance is given out by the state, I believe, and I guess the federal government is the one taxing it, or is it both? Or I guess it doesn't it's, matter. It's both. Um, you have federal unemployment and state unemployment. Um, most unemployment uh, is run by the states. There have been some okay. federal boosts because of COVID, but yeah. it's not paid by the state. It is a fund that every employer pays into, okay. and the employers are going to pay a great deal more this year, next year, next year, and next year to make up for all the unemployment benefits that were paid out. Wow. Because it's a fund, and it, they can go into the negative and borrow from the uh, federal government, and about 20-some-odd states already have. Mm. Okay? But all mm. that money has to be paid back, and it's paid back out of the employers. So wow. un- the un- unemployment tax rate on employers is – has risen and is going to continue to rise. Wow. Wow. Yeah, like we were talking about before about the big mess, and uh, hopefully we get out of this big mess uh, in one piece. Um, I'm sure we will. We will. Um, I'm, every, I'm, every, pan, every pandemic burns itself out at some point. Yeah. And hopefully it burns out sooner rather than later. And hopefully no, the vaccine, vaccine will vaccine. help. Yeah. I got, my second shot on, I got my second shot on Monday. Oh, wonderful! Congrats to you, and that's amazing. And 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 you know, it um, and now they have a new one-shot vaccine. Um, yep. Which I think is going to help quite a lot. So you don't have to yep. bother. People don't have to bother with this two-shot business. And so great. Um, you know, and and it's good that we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. My understanding is that the number of deaths have gone down, or is trending downward, uh, or is leveled. Sure, very fast. It's trending. Uh, cases are down. Hospitalizations are down, deaths are down, and continuing to fall. Oh, great. That's great news. That's excellent news. Um, so I'm curious. Now, obviously, uh, when it comes to business, and thank you again for sharing those stories. They were, um, they're great stories describing what, what you do for business owners. But when it comes to business owners succeeding in business, and obviously you're a business owner yourself, and, and the great thing is you know how to handle your own payroll and taxes since you're an expert in that, <laughs> unlike other entrepreneurs like, like Pele, that Pele example. Um, the, obviously what helps is networking, and because, in, you know, in the beginning, you, you know, it's all about building relationships, and, and that's how you get referrals. And this is not just for entrepreneurs, but also people who have, are looking for jobs, job hunters, or people who already have a job and want a better job, realizing no job is secure, even the one they have. What advice would you give to folks when it comes to networking? Well, you know, networking is great, and it does lots of good things. Now, there's some networking groups where it's a whole bunch of salespeople trying to sell other salespeople, and it's a waste of time. But your personal networking is always valuable. I'm a member of the Rotary Club of Dallas, which is not a networking group, but Mm. I'm involved with and have been for 25 years with several hundred of the, the leading lights of, of the city of Dallas. So, Wonderful. you know, and when I do the payroll for the club, and so when somebody has a payroll problem, they know I'm in the payroll business. So right. that's a way of networking. But mm. in reality, in this day and age, if you're a, uh, a nationwide business like we are, networking mm-hmm. can only take you so far. And with, right. if you're on the web and you have a new app or new application or whatever, 
Yeah. You've got to market it. Networking's not right. going to get you. I'm in Texas. Networking is not going to get me into upstate yeah. New York. It's not going to get me yeah. into uh, eastern Oregon. Okay. The web will. Uh, right. Podcasts will, which is one reason I do podcasts right. with, with people. Is so, you know, we build our position as thought leaders in the industry uh, and as experts. Mm. Because we are, and so we like mm. to share that. Mm. You know, I'm a problem solver, so I like to uh, solve people's problems. And so we get out there mm. and talk to them about it. Networking is great, particularly when you're mm. starting, but it only will take you so far. Right. 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 It's great in the beginning, obviously, but yep. um, later on you have to do marketing, and, and thanks to the Internet you can you have farther reach. And, yep. you know, it's interesting how with the pandemic I think we've seen an end or a brief pause to in-person networking, you know, chamber yep. of a commerce event. You know, and so a lot yep. more people are going online. And what's interesting is that your reach can go further when you try to network. It can. My, my, my Rotary Club meets via Zoom, okay, at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's amazing. Uh, and thank you so much for that. And obviously people have to be marketing effectively if they want to get customers nationwide. And obviously, um, you know, you have social media. Again, that's you know an extension yep. of the internet, and yep. you got you got to be on there, of course. Everyone, every yep. business owner has to be on social media, and and there's people they can hire for that. If like Pele, they're not skilled at that kind of thing, <laughs> you know, they can I, get I, someone. I've hired and, I've hired a marketing department. Right. So no, I can't do. I'm I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a terrible marketer personally. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, and that's so important for business owners to understand what they're good at and to focus on that and to kind of allocate everything or delegate everything, you know, because time is valuable and trying to do it all yourself is counterproductive. There's a book um, I recommend to business owners called The E-Myth by Gerber. I don't know if you read it. I, I, I buy um, it by the dozen and give it out to my <laughs> and give it out to clients. It saved my business 20 years ago. I love wow. it. Wow. That's amazing. I literally, I have yeah. four of them right here on my shelf. Wow. That I haven't given out yet. Wow. When when they're gone, I'll order another dozen. Wow. Yeah, it's a great book, and every that's like mandatory reading if you want to go into business. For, if if you, you go into business, mandatory. it teaches you how to work on your business, not in your business. It right. it is, it should be a bible for every entrepreneur. I agree. Right. And um, so, and, and thank you for sharing that. Um, and obviously, later on, I'm going to talk to you more about book recommendations. I'm sure you have uh, a lot to say sure. in that regard. Um, in regard, I'm, I'm curious, what advice would you give to people um, who are looking to do maybe perhaps what you're doing, you know, um, getting into the payroll business, helping businesses with accounting and, and keeping the books and, and taxation and all that? Uh, what would you say to them? If you're going into the payroll business, either get a CPA or get a CPP, Certified Payroll Professional, and an EA. Right. Because you have to be an EA, a CPA, or an attorney to be able to take a 2848. And that mm. allows you to advocate for your client. Other than that, you're, you're telling him what to do, and he's talking to the IRS and getting pissed and <laughs> yeah. polluting the water yeah. at a minimum. <laughs> That's, yeah. So uh, get those qualifications yeah. so you can work with the IRS for your clients. Right. 
that that's the biggest wow. thing that we do differently that that puts us head and shoulders above most of our competition is we can advocate for our clients. Wow. So if you're going into the business, I recommend that. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. And thank you for that. And, you, you know, it's interesting you spoke before about how you're the one who talks to the IRS, not the client, because <laughs> yeah. that could, as you mentioned, that could pollute or whatnot. And, and you could build up that rapport because obviously for them it's emotional, it's their money. They, you know, it, maybe they, because of that they may not be able to communicate as effectively. You're a bit more removed, so you can not come off as emotional and be more loud. Not, on, yeah. not, only, not only that, but I know when they say things that aren't true. Mm. And mm. When, they, when they come up with their, you know, standard line, I can go, no, you know, if that's going to be your attitude, I really need to have you have your supervisor call me. Okay. Because that's hmm. a violation of, of inter, uh, the uh, IRM, the Internal Revenue Manual. And so hmm. you need to have your supervisor call me about that. You'd be surprised how many times they back off when I do that. Wow. I, al- wow. I also, if, if they get really obnoxious, I can send them a dummy tax court petition and say, if, if we can't come to an agreement, this is what I'm filing with tax court. Okay. And huh. their boss doesn't want that. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. They don't want me filing now, in tax court. IRS does not right. want you filing in tax court. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And it's clear that um, this is a subject you're very knowledgeable about, about, and you have a lot of tools and tricks up your sleeve. And you can yep. you can call them out on their BS and, and you know yep. kind of scare them and, and um, yep and so that's and obviously you said before if you ever are dealing with an asshole you can always hang up and call back so there's that yeah. simple maneuver <laughs> 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 so that that works uh, you know uh, <laughs> uh, that would I, I understand the best and <laughs> and uh, it's very easy to do so um, so what I'm curious now obviously. Um, maybe you're not able to take on all the business in the world. And, but, so what advice would you give to people who are looking um, for a, a payroll service to, to help them out as uh, a business owner? Sure. And, then they, and for some reason they can't come to you. And obviously going to you would be a great decision, but what would you tell them? Well, first thing I'd tell is tell them to look for uh, a reputable firm one with expertise beyond just producing checks. You know, most of the companies in this country do a reasonable job of producing checks or direct deposits. But right. compliance is, is the key that separates them. If they can't handle the compliance mm-hmm. needs that are going to arise, okay? Right. And that's, that's what, you know, separates the, the chaff from the wheat, Okay. If they yeah. can't deal effectively yeah. for the with the IRS or the state or other regulators for you, then are they really what you want? Right. Right. And okay. find somebody that knows your business. I mean, mm. you know, payroll. Payroll. This is a this is a truism in the business. Everybody thinks their yeah. payroll is unique. Well, hmm. no, it's not. But <laughs> different different businesses. Different industries have different things that happen. For restaurants have tips. Manufacturing firms yeah. don't. You know, so if they've never done a restaurant, they're going to have problems. Okay? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if they don't 
deal with independent contractors, if that's what you have, if they don't deal mm. with overtime or unions or whatever, whatever mm. you have, they need to have experience with. Mm. So mm. if you're going to a small firm and you're, uh, you know, uh, half your workforce is independent contractors and the payroll mm. company you talk to says, well, we've never worked with independent contractors, keep on looking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interesting. And so it's important to shop around and, and just don't go for the first thing and see an audition for who your payroll service or payroll guy is going right. to be and whatnot. And they got to know your business. And, they got to know your business. Right. And, and there's a lot of other things just beyond paychecks. There's HR, group yeah. insurance, workers' comp, timekeeping, yeah. right. cheat, yeah. aliens, child yeah. support, independent contractors, <laughs> statutory yeah. employees, all right. those things. If you've got an expert, he can help you with. If you've got wow. a clerical uh, operation that just produces mm. checks, and you go, the state called me mm. about a cheat, and you go, they go, what's a cheat? They're not wow. going to be much help. Right, right. And, and you guys are compliance experts, and and you've worked in a wide range of business, uh, wide range of yeah. industries. So you can and you can help, uh, yeah. Not only that, most of it's in my book. Okay. Well, that's great. So, you know, if you've got questions, the book's available on Amazon. So, <laughs> and, yeah. and I'll tell you what. Got I'll it. Tell you what I'm, and I I'm, suggest I'm, Luke, yeah. I'm going to do for your, your listeners. If they go to the payrollbook.com website and put in the code podcast, I'll give them a free book. Wow. That's amazing. Thank you so much for that gift. Um, that is incredible. And I'm sure many listeners will, will take you up on that. And thank you so much. And um, Not a problem. You know, obviously you're, you got it. And um, so obviously you, you guys are compliance experts and know what you're doing. And, you know, it's interesting how so many firms will just go with the, the firms that just offer checks. And I think maybe it's to save money. Maybe it costs, you know, it costs less than other firms. Maybe it costs less than your firm because you do a lot more stuff than that. And, I, you know, as they say, there's a saying that the cheap comes expensive, you know, yep. <laughs> uh, particularly when it comes to insurance. You know, sometimes you have to pay, pay for quality. And a lot of business owners need to understand that. Yeah. If a client come, if a potential client comes to me and says, I can get this, you know, you know $10 a month cheaper, yeah. I go, Please enjoy. Help yourself. <laughs> we yeah. charge a fair price for our service, and if you think it's too high, well, for you it probably is. I see what you mean, and that's a great attitude to have um, as a salesperson. And because you know, I think a lot of clients or well, prospects, I think they're impressed when they see a salesperson have that kind of posture, that kind of yep. confidence. And they're not desperate and pushy. Because if, if a salesperson is desperate and pushy, that, that's counterproductive on their end because uh, I don't know if it's worth it. But if you have a salesperson that's like, you know, I don't care if you buy. You can buy if you want. That actually impresses me more. It makes me want to stick around and say, huh, you know, he's not desperate and pushy. And it, it's weird how that works, right? <laughs> you know, um, um, it reminds me of the takeaway clothes where, you, you know, you, you take it away from them. And yep. that makes a person want it even more. Um, yep. And, it, you know, it's weird how that works. Um, and so many people have it backwards. 
and uh, but also you have to like what you're selling. You have to be confident in what you sell, and and people love that confidence and that posture. Uh, and I'm sure you've gotten business because when you've told people that. And, and oh said, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that tech, that strategy works. And um, and it, it's interesting when also obviously uh, whatever people offer, it's not for everyone. So I think when a salesperson is honest and is not lying, and they say, well, look, my product may not be the right fit for you. Um, or service may not be the right fit for you. Uh, I think that impresses people a lot too, because you're being honest and telling them that you know you're not trying to push something on them that they don't need. And I think that also impresses prospects and clients, and may make them more inclined to buy from you too when you just tell them the truth. You know, yeah. Or they maybe they get your referral. Um, so I think a lot of people in sales, you know, they, they they're just way too pushy, very desperate. And too aggressive, and I think it, that's why salespeople have that negative reputation. Um, so yeah, and uh, I, I can see that you're very good at sales. Obviously, your business has been very successful. You've been doing this since '91, um, which is amazing. And um, and it's uh, it's curious. And obviously, um, you know, most small businesses fail. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this. There's a high failure rate with businesses. Yep. And um, and I think the reason for that is a lot of business owners, they make a lot of mistakes. Like we were talking about, you know, they, they need to read that book by Gerber. You know? yep. <laughs> they, they need to understand how to sell. And obviously they need to understand payroll and, they, and, and whatnot. And they need to know how to market and uh, use social media. And, and they have to do those kinds of things and network in the beginning, of course, and market. So um, it's interesting. Now, what I'm curious, in addition to that, do you have any other important like life lessons or uh, success principles or tips for entrepreneurs or anyone else for that matter that you've learned well, yourself there, or from others? There's a few things I've learned over the years. Uh, people are your most important asset. Mm-hmm. Okay, without a doubt. Right. Because if you're in a business, unless it's very, very rare, if your people aren't doing what they need to do for you, yeah. you're going to fail. Uh-huh. Okay? Right. Uh, the one we went over, the, an entrepreneur has no work-life balance. No. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Working with your wife is great, but it's not normal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and then yeah. two other phrases I love. There's no traffic jam on the extra mile. Right. If you go that extra mile for your clients, you'll be out there by yourself with your client. Your competitors won't be out there. Right. Okay? And then one that I love from Bill Gates, many people will overestimate what they can do in a year mm-hmm. and underestimate what they can accomplish in a decade. Hmm. So stick with it. Okay. It may not happen this year. It may not happen next year. But if you mm-hmm. stick with it, it will probably happen. Hmm. Wow. And that's great advice. Um, thank you so much yeah. for sharing that. And, you know, it's interesting. Earlier, <laughs> earlier today, I, um, I interviewed a, a real estate um, agent, and he actually is a real estate agent turned real estate broker. And he said mm-hmm. this to me. And, and as you know, real estate agents, it's a, it's a high burnout rate. Most of them fail, mm-hmm. right? Um, yep. It's similar to a business owner. They work on 100% commission, so there's a lot of similarity. Um, he told me this. He said he was given great advice that the first five years are hell, where 
You're not doing. You're not making anything. He told me there were days he didn't eat because he had yep. no. He didn't wasn't making commission because it's 100 percent commission, right? But yep. he stuck with it, and and he's a big success, even though it, he had to go through this horrible period the first five years. And he told me it was the 10,000 hour rule. You probably heard of 10,000 hours. You got you know put yep. in 10,000 hours. Turns out 10,000 hours adds up equals 40 a 40 hour work week for five years, right? Yep. And so it makes sense. And so obviously I, I like that Bill Gates quote about the uh, year, the decade, whatnot. Um, it's you know when you speak with successful people, the advice they give you, there's always that similarity, and it's not a coincidence. Um, and I get to it's, speak with a lot of successful people. Yeah, it's it's experience. We 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 get wise because we learn from our experience. That's you yeah. know I've 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 determined that getting old doesn't make you wise. Making mistakes and learning from them is what makes you wise. <laughs> yeah, right, right, definitely. And, um, and obviously people need to understand that because uh, I, I interviewed another guy, and he told me you can't Google life experience. <laughs> you, know <what> I mean? <laughs> you like that, right? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and, so, uh, and you also mentioned people are very important, are uh, a very important asset. And yep. you also talked about the extra mile. If you, if you take care of your customer really, really well, it comes back to you. And, you know, in terms of referrals, in terms of whatnot, and that's so true. You know, I, you just I would care rather, I would rather have a loyal client than a satisfied client. Because a satisfied wow. client can lose satisfaction. A loyal client, even if you screw up, <laughs> isn't, go, isn't going away. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's so true. That's so true. And I've experienced that myself when I used to own a business. I used to own a laundromat. That is so true. They were screw-ups, but because they were loyal, they would still stay with us. And, you know, yep. it's almost like they're a friend, like a yep. loyal client to a friend. And, they, you know, I've got they, clients who have been yeah. with me 30 years. They're friends. Yeah. 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 You don't get into somebody's yeah, so wallet twice a, twice a month for 30 <laughs> years and not develop a friendship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I imagine. And you know, you know, there's an old saying. Uh, I think Ivan Misner said it in his networking book. He, he's the founder of BNI. You never have to sell a friend, and because a friend wants to help you out no matter what. Yep. And and so networking, because he's big on networking. He he talks about how um, networking is all about building referral relationships and friends and. The, the key for success, and I, I say this to many people, is that you want to have the customers before you sell anything, and you want to have the audience before you have put on a show, so to speak. And mm -hmm. um, that's how Kylie Jenner became the youngest self-made billionaire. She she had all these followers and friends on Instagram, and she put out a makeup line, and it sold out within a couple of hours because they all bought it. And it wasn't the best makeup in the world, but the point is, if you have friends, it's going to take you very far. And it yep. goes back to that principle of people are important and relationships are important. So I definitely agree with you there um, that people are very important and taking care of the customer um, is very important. And obviously the year versus the decade, understand it's all about the long term. Look at the bigger picture. Um, don't get caught up in the short term. And, you know, running a podcast is the same way uh, because what it, what's happened is I started this podcast actually um, the beginning of this year, right? 
Uh, but it's growing by leaps and bounds, and my audience has been growing every day. The reason why is I've been sticking with it, and I, I don't look at the numbers in the beginning because they tell you just ignore your numbers for at least a year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just yeah. don't look at your audience numbers because it's going to be garbage. But I put out interviews every day, and it's all about putting out as much grinding out the content, speaking with successful people and whatnot. So um, I can definitely relate to what you're saying. And so uh, it's curious, what, what, um, um, what we talked about this earlier, the book recommendations, what, are, what book recommendations would you give to people? I know you like Cialdini's influence and Michael yes. Gerber's book, <laughs> E-Myth. The, the, those, those, are, those are two of my yeah, favorites. Cialdini's book, I'm, I'm rereading at the moment. Gerber's I reread every few years. Beyond that, I recommend Tom Peters. I love Tom Peters. Okay. I've read all of his books. Um, mm-hmm. W. Edward Deming and mm-hmm. Peter Drucker are, are those are the awesome. three uh, others that I, I I really recommend to people that they read. Mm. Great, thank you so much for that. And Deming, I've heard of. I think I've heard the other two as well. And uh, Deming is the one who who went to Japan and yes. he talked about quality and he helped Japan become what Japan is known for today, right? Because yeah. they followed this American engineer, and yep. he they followed his principles more than they did in the U.S. And absolutely, what's interesting is Japan. <laughs> yeah, and Japan's car companies essentially were doing better than than, than the United States for a long time, and long because time. they were following the principles, yeah, of an American engineer. That's incredible, it's crazy. Um, so, uh, and. Peter Drucker and um, Tom Peters. I've definitely heard of them. I'm definitely yep. going to, based on your recommendation, I'm going to check them out more. Um, and if you like reading books, there's a, I do recommend people get a subscription to Scribd, S-C-R-I-B-D.com. I don't know if you like to read books digitally, um, but I, I always tell people about Scribd. Um, a lot of excellent yeah, books there. I, I have probably 10,000 paperbacks at the house in my library. Oh, okay. I haven't I haven't bought a paperback in two years because really? I got into Kindle and Kindle Unlimited, and I've yeah. got millions of books out there that cost me ten dollars yeah. eighty one cents a, mo- a month. <laughs> wow! Yeah, yeah. If you think about it, that's true. Yeah, that's true, and it's a good deal. By the way, if you like Kindle Unlimited, you're going to love Scripps. So I'm going to email you about that later on. Um, Great. You're going to really love script. <laughs> okay. All right. So, um, all right. So thank you. Are, are you ever going to write a book about your life? Now, I know you've written other books about business, but just an autobiography? Uh, probably not. I, I can't imagine why anybody would be interested in it. <laughs> all right. Okay. You know, I, I, I know. to me, it, it's, it's, it's rather a, a mundane life, uh, but it's been fun. Okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. If you did write that book, I would, of course, go out and read it. Um, but you've written several books about business, which is your yes. passion, of course. Yes. So you've sort of already done that in a way. And, you know, I, I, I give this question to everyone because I'd be remiss if I didn't. Would you ever create or start your own podcast? I think you'd be great. You're a funny, humorous guy. It, and, it's in the yeah. pipeline. Great. Uh, it's, it's something we're considering, uh, a business-based uh, podcast uh, probably yeah. later in the year we may start one. Uh, you know, I, I I was an actor as a child, 
Uh, I do mm-hmm. public speaking. I have no problem mm. talking to anybody about anything. Mm. So wonderful. That that kind of says you should have a podcast. <laughs> I would imagine. Yes, it does. And and you know, I, I you'd be great. You know, when that podcast is up and running, I'm definitely going to be listening to it. So you have at least one listener. One you start. You got to start somewhere. So I, I will definitely email you when I start it. <laughs> yes. 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 Uh, you know, it's funny because there's a marketing guru named uh, Seth Godin or Godin. You I'm may very familiar with bald. Seth. Yes. Yes, he's the bald purple cow. Bald. He, yes, the purple cow. He he actually said that everyone should have a podcast and that podcasting is a new blogging. Um, so yes. there you go. And you know, the thing is, it's free to start a podcast. So you could start today if you wanted one, um, <laughs> if you care to, and through Anchor. And so, you know, I, I always tell people about Anchor. It's a great platform. That, yeah. And podcasts are, are a great way to build relationships, to network. Um, yep. I got the idea to do a podcast from books I read by Steve Gordon, amazing mm-hmm. writer. You may have heard of him. He wrote Unstoppable Referrals and Exponential Networking. Um, so I'll, I'll send you two books. To, it's like it's really, really fast reads, less than 100 pages, small print. And... I'll get that out to you. And he and he talks about how interviewing people was how he built up a strong network. He used to network the old way, but he found that interviewing guests was actually really, really powerful. And he did it during a time where there weren't podcasts, but like he he he'd record interviews and then put it on a CD-ROM and send it to people. Um, so uh, yeah, and um, and I wanted to put my voice to good use because I think you know I get so many compliments on my deep voice, so I thought. It makes perfect sense to start a podcast called the Deep Voice Man Show. Um, so, yeah, podcasts, I think, are the way to go. And uh, I'm so happy to hear that you're going to be doing a podcast because you have so much knowledge to share. And so I'm curious. Now, obviously, um, I would love for people uh, to get in touch with you so they can utilize or if they know someone who can utilize your services or if they can put a successful center of influence like yourself in their network. Um, how can people reach out and connect with you and whatnot? Well, obviously, you know, we're on Facebook and LinkedIn under the company. But mm. GetPayroll.com is our main website. If mm. they're interested in the book, uh, ThePayrollBook.com. And if okay. they've got a problem and they turn their hair out, 972-353-0000. Press mm. 1 for payroll and ask for Charles. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that, Charles. And the information you just provided will be listed in the episode description box so people can see it and read it there. Okay. So thank thank you so much again. You got it. And I wanted to, uh, again, I I wanted to thank you for being a guest on the show. Um, This interview has blown away my expectations. Uh, One of the funnest (laughs) interviews I've ever done. (laughs) I think it's one of the interviews where I, 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 I laughed the most and one of the interviews where I, I learned so much new information you were giving me sort of like free tax or accounting advice in the beginning of the show, which is amazing. Thank you. I was worried about the overpayment. <laughs> Thank you for that. I appreciate it. I know people pay money for this kind of uh, service of tips, so you're kind of giving it to me for free or close to free. So thank you. And I'm sure that people uh, in the audience loved it and were inspired by your story and have learned a great deal. Um, so thank you to the folks in the audience for listening. Um, I was going to go ahead and give you the last word or the final send-off. Is there anything else you want to say? Or 
No, I mean, payroll is, is something that it's, it's a chore. It has to be done. That's why we outsource it for, mm. for people because, um, mm. you know, we're, we're, we're good at it. But, uh, you know, if they've got payroll problems, get the book. It, it'll, it'll give you an an- answer to most of them. If you, if you can't find the answer, call me. Uh, you know, we love to solve problems. So mm. that's about it. Great. You got it. Thank you so much, Charles, for coming on. Uh, you've been an excellent guest. Thank you so much, and thank you to the audience. Everyone, um, I'm going to see you guys in the next episode, and uh, have a wonderful day, and take care. Bye-bye. Hey, guys, before you go, just real quick, um, if you can just do me a favor, if you can head over uh, to the uh, Apple Podcast app, and if you're not there already, and if you can leave me a five-star review, that would be great. Um, if you love the show, if you can just go ahead and do that, and that will help uh, to spread the word about the show, and other people can enjoy the show as much as you do. And so if you can do that, that would mean the world to me. And also, if you want to email me uh, with any feedback or any praise or support, um, please feel free to go ahead and do that. And you can also email me to request to be put on our email list. Uh, so uh, we can uh, send you out emails uh, when new episodes come out. So uh, thank you very much for being a fan of the show. Thank you for listening to the show and supporting the show. So if you can do that, go out and give us a, a five-star review on the Apple Podcast uh, app. Uh, that would be great. And if you can email us. So we can put you on the email list and email us with feedback and praise. That'd be amazing. Uh, Thank you so much, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Take care. Bye-bye.